Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time y'all listening in and tuning in. Thank you all for showing up to the show once again. I'm your host, Tavares Wilson, and I always get the last word. So, guys, we're here today. Excuse me. <clears throat> it's something in my throat, but we're here today, guys. As you all know, it's been free agency frenzy in the NBA right now, man. And this is honestly one of the most exciting times of the year for the NBA season. Even though there isn't a season, but the NBA offseason itself is something that's extremely entertaining. And, you know, we've seen a lot of big names, big known commodities, or big sought-out free agents find new homes, new places, familiar faces in different places, all those things. And it's just honestly, man, let's just jump right into it. Now, I will say this. I will be giving you all my thoughts on some of these extensions. Some of these, you know, trades, some of these players that sign, things of that nature. I'm, I, But on my Instagram, Facebook, all my social media platforms, if you all follow me on that, I will be posting my winners and losers tomorrow at the end of the week. You know, I know, you know, in the week is Sunday, but I'm doing it. Not on the weekend, I will do it at the end of the very official week, which is tomorrow, Friday. So I will be posting my winners and losers of free agency thus far tomorrow. So, y'all yeah, stay tuned in for that. So, but other than that, let's get into the really big news, man, and some of these moves. Now, first off, as you all know, Russell Westbrook is now with the Los Angeles Lakers. He joins Anthony Davis and LeBron James, you know, a team that is two years off now from winning the championship. You know, LeBron is still playing at a very high level. He may not be the best player in the league anymore, to me personally, I still think he has a, a really good argument for that because before he got hurt this season, he was a top three MVP candidate. I mean, at the pace he was going, he, he might have won it, but that's not a here nor there. And Anthony Davis, to me, is a top 10 player in this league. I don't think he's top five that a lot of people want to make out this narrative for him to be. No, he's he's not that. He is a top 10 player in this league, regardless of talent, accolades, whatever you want to look at. He's he's top 10. And now you just go add another top 20 player, top 15, and Russell Westbrook, who to me still has a lot left in the tank. I know a lot of guys are not high on the Lakers because of their ages and, you know, they're not young. They're the oldest roster in the team. They're one of the oldest rosters in league history. To me, that matters none at all. I mean... Anthony Davis, LeBron James, who else? Camelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, Russell Westbrook, Trevor Reza, you know, Wayne Ellington. Like these these are guys who are veteran players. They they know what it takes to get their bodies in condition to get ready for the season and the last of the season. They're not going to be new to it. Like they they know what they're signing up for. They know, you know, the bruises and beatdowns you take during the season. They know what it takes to actually get to that next step and that next level. These are all guys who have competed at a high level in their careers. They may not, Carmelo may not be the 28, 30 point per game player he once was, but he can still come off the bench and give you easily 10 to 15 points a night. Easily. I mean, and, and that's all they need from him. They don't need him to be anything else but a scorer. They need scoring off the bench. So he can literally come off the bench and does and do what he does well 
and still at a high level. It scored. I mean, I'm not sure if you all haven't seen him in Portland these past two years, but he's he's looked good. He's looked solid. That's all they need out of him. They just need him to be solid. That's it. And in terms of Russell Westbrook, I'm I'm not concerned about Russell Westbrook playing alongside LeBron at all. I'm not. I know a lot of people are because, you know, they look at Westbrook and think of a ball-dominant player. And, you know, he's a guy who needs the ball in his hand to be effective. I, I, I got to remind people, man. Russell Westbrook played alongside Paul George when he had his MVP caliber season. Russell Westbrook helped guys like Steven Adams, guys like <clears throat> Jeremy Grant, guys like Paul George again, and guys just recently, Bradley Bill, all achieved new heights on their teams, whether it was individual or a team accomplishment. I mean, when was the last time Washington been to the playoffs? I think it was about maybe four, I think four years ago, five. It was something around there because I remember they lost to the Celtics. But, I mean, they haven't been since. They weren't even in the conversation. They were one of the worst teams in the league by far. He himself coming in, it started off shaky. He had to find his footing with the team. And when he found it, they took off. They made it to the playoffs. Of course, they didn't win. But at the end of the day, who do you have? Outside of Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook, who else was there that you could actually genuinely say, you know what, this is a team that we need to focus on, key in on. Like, they got a lot of pieces that you got a game plan for. You know, outside of Ray Hachimura, I don't really think anyone else you have to game plan for. Breton's inconsistent shooter. You know, David Gafford. The dude they got from Chicago, the big, I mean, he wasn't really one to really game plan for. I mean, they didn't have a team built around those two. It was just really those two, that the dynamic duo. Now, with that being said, I think he's going to play along well with LeBron because, for one, LeBron is not getting any younger. It's no secret. You know, for all the time, he's knocking on the door for him now. No injuries are starting to occur more in his career than they did before. It started to linger a bit more because, again, he is older. He isn't young. His body isn't going to heal the same as quickly as it once did. And he needs someone else to take the ball out of his hands at times. And he needs that floor general who will be able to make plays and also score and create their own shot. To me, that was the biggest thing the Lakers missed. They didn't have another shot creator. Outside of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, they had no one else to create their own look. I mean, that that was supposed to be Kyle Kuzma, but, you know, it just didn't work out that way. I wish Kuzma nothing but the best with Washington because I think Kuzma is a talented player. I just, you just need to see him progress a little bit more. Now, that being said, the person who was supposed to be that was him. He didn't do that for them on a consistent basis, at least. So now they went out and got a Russell Westbrook guy who can not only create for himself, but he can create for others as well. And that is something that they desperately needed as well because they desperately miss Rondo taking the ball out of the hands of LeBron and just making him a score. You know, letting him breathe some possessions that he didn't have to run an offense all the time. Now Russell Westbrook, you get that again. And not only do you get that again, you get a more natural score in Russell Westbrook than Rajon Rondo. 
even though Rondo may be the better passer or have the higher IQ, you still, there's no mistaking that Russell Westbrook can't go out and give you the same 11, 10 assists that Rondo can give you any given night. There's no mistake in that. But he can also provide the 7, 6 rebounds and the 18 to 25 points. He can also provide that. You know, that's that's who he is. He's been Mr. Triple-Double the past three seasons. Now, again, I don't I don't feel as if they have a problem playing together at all. I, I really don't. I mean, I know some people do. I know some people don't think it'll work. I think it's going to work perfectly fine. I'm not saying they should win to win it all like how others are saying because I still think they have to show that they can play together. I'm not too much concerned about the big three they have. I got to see the rest of the pieces fall in place. I got to see what Trevor Reese is going to bring. I got to see what Dwight Howard will bring. I know what Dwight Howard is at this point in his career. He's, he needs to be that defensive anchor, rim protector, and rebounder. I want to see him consistently do that. I want to see Wayne Anderson be a consistently good shooter like how he has been in his career. Same thing with Malik Monk. You know, they need these guys to perform. And Kendrick Nunn signed him as well. It was huge. He needs to be, that again, what they needed. Another score shot creator off the bench. This is why them getting Melo was huge. Because if you could get Kendrick Nunn and Carmelo Anthony to run the second unit as your two primary scorers, you can rest both LeBron James and Anthony Davis now down stretches. And when it comes to the important big games... Put him in the, you put him in the game, you leave Carmelo in, who's a great closer himself. So I mean, to me, it's it's so many things they can do with these lineups, man. It's just about actually seeing what they want to do and will do. You know, with Frank Frank Vogel has taken the approach of like, you know, the depending on the matchup, things of that nature, that's who will play such and such. And that's a great approach. But you still need that continuity and consistency with your starting lineup. And I think they're going to have to find that early in the season because if you don't find it early in the season with these older players, they're already going to be mentally and physically fatigued as the season goes on. Maybe not mentally, but physically for sure. So you have to find that common ground between the starting five and who your role players will be. I'll say within, but <clears throat> excuse me, like the moment All Star break starts, like you have to have some kind of balance and understanding. Okay, this is what we are really good at. This is what we do best, and this is how we can perfect it. And this is how these guys can complement it. I think once they do that, I think the Lakers are perfectly fine, man. They're honestly contenders, whether people want to admit it or not. But other than that, another move that I really, really liked, I love the Lonzo Ball to the Chicago Bulls, man. I think it was written for the Bulls to have a guard like Lonzo. I mean, he's not the most athletic guy. He's not the most flashy. He's not going to put up 25 to 30 points a game. That's not, that's not him. He's a 14 to 18 point per game guy. Maybe 10 to 12 on a, you know, a pretty bad shooting night. But that's him. He'll still give you that. He'll give you great defense. To me, he's one of the best defenders in the league. It, to me, is a, tra- a, a travesty that he hasn't made an All-NBA defensive team yet. But that's not the hero there. And also, 
he gets others involved. And Zach Levine desperately needed that in Chicago. With him being a former ball, main primary ball handler, he had not only create for himself, which he would predominantly do because he is a, a predominantly a scorer. He's that number one scorer. He's going to look for his own. But he also had to get others, others involved. Excuse me. <clears throat> and with Vukovic coming from the Magic in the trade last season, with the son of the DeMar DeRozan, the team looks a hell of a lot better. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to go compete for a title because I still think DeMar DeRozan has to show me he can play under the big lights. He hasn't shown me that yet in his career. I mean, not once. Every time he's played under the brightest lights of his career, he's he's let me down. And I'm a DeMar DeRozan fan, so it's hard for me to say. But with that being the case, I had to see him perform under it. Just like I had to see the rest of those guys perform under I haven't seen any of those guys in the limelight and live up to the moment yet. Some because they just haven't, and some because they haven't had the opportunity. So, we'll see once they get there. But nonetheless, this team is looking a whole lot better, man. I mean, if I was a Bulls fan, I'd be happy with the moves we made. You know, there's only so much you can do and get in the league that you're in today. Especially with the, you know, guys basically recruiting each other to play with one another. So it's harder to get guys to come in and play with you. And another team that made pretty solid moves to me. I mean I'm I'm not gonna say they were big splashy moves like how some Ellenists have called them. I know I know uh, Colin um call Hurt I forgot I forgot how to say his last name. I know he was big on the heat moves. I know I believe it was um, Shannon Sharp that was big on the Miami Heat moves as well. I mean, well, the, the Heat to me made solid moves. I mean, I thought it was solid. I thought it was good. I thought in the East, the clear team that made it, you know, a point of emphasis to get way better than what they were before was the Bulls. But to me, the Heat got better. They got slightly better. I would say that. Going to get a veteran championship port guard at Kyle Lowry. Goes a long way. And not just because, you know, he's a guy who can still give you buckets, get other guys involved. But he's a guy who plays good defense. I mean, he's his effort on the defensive end goes unnoticed a lot. And to me, it's a crime because he's a guy who isn't afraid to get dirty. You know, he'll take charges. He's led the league, I believe, in charges taking... The past two years now, if I'm not mistaken. I know he led it the year before last. And he's just a guy who's willing to stick his nose in anywhere and do what needs to be done. I mean, it's just that simple. Sometimes you need that on your team. And then to go out and get another 3D guy, basically, P.J. Tucker, who, again, defense is recognized by many, but I haven't seen him made at all defensive team yet. You know, that's not here nor there, though. But with that being said, you get these guys on this team, man. You get, and you already got Jimmy Butler and Bam on the bio. And now you're looking like one of the best defensive liners in the league. And the only thing now for me is I, I just need to see where the points are going to come from. I mean, I, I understand Jimmy Butler created his own. I understand Kyle Lorde can create his own. I understand Duncan Robinson is a sniper. I understand you still got Tyler Hero coming off the bench. I have no issues with any of that. But to me, 
This is what separates the championship teams from the good teams. Meaning from great to good. Do you have that one guy that you could turn to at any moment of the game and tell him to go get you a bucket? I need you to drop 40 right now tonight. I don't need 39. I don't need 37. I need 40 from you tonight. Can you do it? I don't think that he have that. And that is my issue with the team. It's not that I don't believe in Jimmy Butler. It's not that I don't believe in Kyle Lowry. Hell, it's not even that I don't believe in Vic Oladipo. And he's been hurt for God knows how long. I think they have talent. They they just have to show me they can get that one guy to be a consistent offensive threat each every night. I don't think they have that. I I think I think they have really good players. I do, but I don't think they have that. I don't think they have that one guy who's a consistent scorer. They don't have that, you know, Steph Curry, Bradley Beal, or even the Zach Levine. They they don't have that. You know, Zach Levine could go out and give you, give you 25 a night, more so than he would give you less than 20 a night. He could give you that. I'm not I'm not I'm not fully sure if I could get that out of Jimmy Butler. I'm not fully sure if I could get that out of Kyle Lowry. I'm hell, I'm not sure if I get out of it all the depot. Because at one point you could, but with the paces after that and his injuries. It's sort of spiraled out of control. But with that being said, I feel as if the Heat, that's what they are missing, that takeover game type of player. I don't think they have it. And I know it's hard to say because Jimmy Butler was exactly that in the Lakers series. You know, he was a guy who literally kept them in every game that they either were really close to him or competing in. But when he didn't do that, you see what happened. I mean, they got beat. Pretty easily and pretty bad. With all that being said, though, they need that guy. They need him. It's not an option, especially not in today's league. You you just need it. You know that's that's it. Like if you want to compete at a high level, if you want to win it all, you you have to have that guy. I mean, you look back at the past couple of teams, the past what five six years. They always had that one guy who could take over a game. I mean, the Bucks just this year, Giannis finished the series with a 50-burger, 50 50-piece. 50 I mean, that's what it takes. You need that guy. You need him. Now, with that being said, let's get off into the other news. So, today Julius Randle signed an extension with the Knicks, excuse me, worth four years, $117 million. You know, I'm not mad at this move at all. Julius Randle deserves his money. He approved as a player significantly, significantly, excuse me, from where he was with the Lakers to what he is now. Drastic difference, man, drastic. Like, it's night and day. But with that being said, I I need him and I want him to Play with a bit more confidence and stick to his style of play when it comes, you know, to the playoffs and when the bright lights on. Because last season, 
he he I mean against the Hawks when they lost in the first round. I mean he 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 just didn't look good. He didn't. I mean it wasn't a single game that I could sit there and say. And what makes it what what makes it concerning is that he absolutely killed. I mean destroyed the Hawks in the regular season. I'm he they couldn't do nothing with him in the regular season, man. Playoffs came, he was a, a whole different player. You know, couldn't make couldn't make putbacks, got to the rim, couldn't finish, missing jumpers. I mean, he, he just was a whole different guy. You know, he still got people involved a little bit and rebounded pretty well. But that's about it. I didn't really notice anything, at least at the offensive end when it came to his scoring, that he was doing what he did on a nightly basis as a Knicks and his regular season. I mean, he just wasn't consistent. And I hate to say it because I like Julius Randle. You know, he's a guy who, just like what I said about Kyle Kuzma, he just needed an opportunity to, you know, truly showcase and grow his skill set as a player. He's done that now. You know, I've always said about young, talented players, man. I mean, if, if you don't give them the opportunity to grow, how can you expect them to live up to the expectations you place? And that's why I told a lot of people it's unfair for them to sit there and judge Kyle Kuzma and say that he's this, he's that, he's sorry, he's a bust. You know, they should have kept Brandon Ingram. I mean, why? What did what no one in a no one in a million years? If this was let's say five years ago, I believe that's when Brandon Ingram got drafted. If you looked at Brandon Ingram from then to his tenure with the Lakers to now, if I would have told you two years ago, before the the, the Lakers traded Brandon Ingram, I would have told you he would have been the most approved player. Average 25-some points a game. You know, career highs across the board. You would have looked at me crazy and said, ain't no way in hell Brandon Ingram did that. Because he didn't look any half of that at all with the Lakers. He, he just didn't. What happened was he went to a team that allowed him to make the mistakes, make the growing pain mistakes, and to actually depend on him to be a number one score option. That made him not only want to be better, but forced him to be better. He And what happened? He got better. So it's, it's just unfair to judge some of these players so quickly into their careers, man. And sometimes it just takes time. Honestly, that's just sometimes what it takes. Now, everybody not going to come in the league like LeBron or Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain. No, everybody can't be that. Hell, Kobe didn't average double-digit. I mean, he did average double digits, but Kobe didn't average 20 points per game until his third season. It takes time. It, it just takes time. Now, with that being said, man, let's get off into some NFL news really fast. It's going to be a little shorter episode, guys. So, it's some NFL news. Sadly to say, but the Colts have lost two very key components to their offense, man. Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz both underwent surgery to repair some fractured and broken feet that they both have, ankles specifically. So they both will be out, I believe it was 5 to 12 weeks or 6 to 12 weeks, something along those lines. It's absolutely terrible for the Colts, man. I mean, they're, they're going to be back, you know, 
it within a reasonable amount of time before the season really kicks off. Like in terms of like I say week five, I should expect them to be back. Week five, week four. Hopefully they don't be back in time for the Dolphins game. You know, I still want it to be competitive, but man, if we can get it if we can get that edge, uh, I mean, I like our chances even more, but no, nah, seriously guys, I mean I never like to see any player get hurt, man. I, I love to see these guys compete. I love the game itself, period. So, it is something that's extremely unfortunate. I did want to see exactly what Carson Wentz would do with the coach because I know this he's playing with his former coach. You know, he's playing with a better overall team. Defense is better. You know, the offensive line is significantly better. That's not without question. Even if they... We're out. We're without Quentin Nelson and had Carson Wentz. The line is still significantly better, and they got pretty good talent around them. So I want to see what it was going to produce and what Carson Wentz was going to bring to the table. Now, with that being said, let's get off into some more camp news. So surprisingly, there still is a quote-unquote quarterback battle going on in Jacksonville between Gardner Minshew and the number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence. Now, do I truly believe it's a quarterback battle going on? Of course I don't believe that. Trevor Lawrence is the starter, as he should be. If he isn't a starter week one, there is a problem. That's it. There's nothing else to say about that. If he does not get the edge over... Gardner Minshew, week one, as the starter, there's a problem. There's no one on that roster that plays the quarterback position as nearly as even close to him in talent. Nobody. And I like Gardner Minshew. I think Gardner Minshew is a guy who plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's a guy who wants it. He wants to be great. He simply just doesn't have some of the tools to be what a lot of teams want in a great quarterback. Doesn't have a strong arm. Isn't the most athletic. Isn't big. You know, he isn't a guy who you you know got like a little twitch in him. Like he, he it's not him. It's just not. You know, he plays with a chip on his shoulder, so it gives him more advantage over people. So he make plays some at times. But other than that, he's he's not what you look for in a quarterback. So if he does come out the week one starter for. The Jacksonville Jaguars over Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Jacksonville, there's a problem right there. That is a problem. Again, I don't truly believe it's a quarterback battle. I don't. I don't care what Jacksonville wants to paint this picture out to be. There's not a quarterback battle going on at all. But if they want us to believe that, I'm going to entertain it. And I'm here to tell you all now. If Trevor Lawrence isn't the start of week one, there's a problem in Jacksonville. Whether it's him, whether it's the coaching staff, whether it's management, it don't matter. Something is wrong. Now, in other news, NFL news, a lot of teams are hesitant to make an offer or a trade offer to the <clears throat> Houston Texans for Deshaun Watson because of all the allegations that he has been facing in the past several months now. And with all that being said, um, let me say this. 
These are nothing more of a civil lawsuits. What does that mean, guys? It means no one is actually pressing charges. That's what it means. They're looking to be compensated. They're looking for money, basically. I'm not saying the man didn't or did or didn't do anything. I don't know. But what I am saying is his future should be affected because someone wants to basically get money out of him, sue him. It, that doesn't, it doesn't make sense. You know, why should his life be put on hold because this person said he did this so they need to pay him? So he needs to pay them. I mean, I mean, it's, to me, that, that just doesn't add up. I mean, many people may not agree with that statement or, you know, what I have to say about it. But to me, it just doesn't make sense. And speaking of things that a lot of people don't agree with me with, Xavier Howard. <laughs> yes, I know I've been speaking on this a lot, guys. But I got to talk about it, man. It's one of the most trending stories in the NFL. I already spoke about Aaron Rodgers' situation. He's back in camp. He's going. He's gone after this season. I'm telling you guys that now. But Xavier Howard, if you all follow me on TikTok, you heard me say this already. So stay tuned in. I'm gonna say it again, just in case you missed it. So Xavier Howard actually attended a media press conference a couple of days ago. I think it was about the beginning of this week, end of last week. Forgot which exactly, but. He stated in a press conference, and I don't quote me on this because it's more of a paraphrase than anything, basically saying that, you know, he wants to remain with the Dolphins. You know, that's what he wants to do. He he wants to be a Dolphin for his career. He just wants to be respected and compensated for his play. Now, again, I said this multiple times. I said it again. Pay your best players, man. Pay them. Just pay them. It to me, it doesn't make sense to not pay your best players. I'm not saying give them whatever they want. I'm not saying that at all. Because at the end of the day, they still got to be reasonable and they still have to understand that you know this is bigger than you. Like it's more people here who families have to eat, just like yours has to. You know, there's more players here who wants to put in their future. Just like you want to. It's bigger than you. But with all that being said, those same players, everyone doesn't have historically great seasons. Let's not get let's not get it twisted. Xavier Howard had a historically great season. May not have been the best, may not, you know, it may not have been top five, whatever the case may be. He had a season like no other, though. I mean, Ten double-digit interceptions hasn't happened over eight years. Twenty pass breakups, number one in the NFL. Fifty-one career tackles, career high. Two forced fumbles. So in other words, he forced twelve turnovers himself. You can't coach it, guys. You can't. You got to pay that man. You you have to pay that. I mean, why not? He does everything. Defends the best receiver. Force turnovers. Hold the best receiver to 100 yards. He didn't give up a 100-yard game last season. Not one. 
What else do I don't I I just don't understand what else he needs to put on a resume for the Dolphins to say, you know what, here, man. Take the extra 10 mil and guarantees. Take it. I mean, we got plenty of cat space. <laughs> you are our best player. We play a scheme that requires really good corners. Why would we let a really good corner go? Yeah, take the money. But, you know, I guess they see things differently. That's not a hint over there. But, again, I'm going to cut this episode a little bit short, guys. But thank you all for tuning in to the show once again. Y'all, please be sure to like, subscribe, comment, leave any thoughts and concerns you all have in the comment section. Whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, it doesn't matter to me. Y'all let me know what y'all think in the videos. And y'all let me know what y'all want to hear next time. Any news or updates. Thank you all again, and I'll see y'all in the next one.